Trev, are you there? Joining me tonight on TalkShoe.com live is my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugs of Greg. Greg, what's going on? Hey, Trev. Uh, we had some connection issues there. I want to apologize for the people that are tuning in. Um, but unfortunately, you know, things like that happen when you record live. But now we're here. So on, are you on, are you on, on Facebook, Facebook live again or are you not on Facebook now? Uh, no, I'm on, I'm just on you. hold on. Oh, no, I was just curious. Because, oh. I mean, nobody ever calls in to talk on TalkShoe, they just send comments through Facebook. Right. So let me get, uh, let me get that back up and going. Oh. Okay. So just give me one second here, folks, and uh, we'll be back on. Quick it in, it'll catch and bring it to See, I told you that. We're here. We're, uh, this is Mr. Trivia. We're on fa- I'm on Facebook Live right now, unfortunately, because of connection issues. Uh, the Nugster Greg is joining us live on TalkShoe.com. Uh, Greg, welcome. Why, thank you. <laughs> okay. Now we got Monday night. Uh, we got Monday night raw to talk about. Uh, I believe we were talking about the tag team turmoil match that started off Monday night raw when. Uh, well, yeah, started. Yeah, started and ended technically. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we could definitely uh, go back to uh, the tag team turmoil match. I thought. The whole tournament itself was was real good. I mean, I was surprised that you know the way the draw was. You know, starting off with um, the New Day versus the Viking Raiders. I thought it was a pretty good match, and I was kind of torn as to who I wanted to win. Right. Um, yeah, as I was starting to say, um, you know, it start up those two guy, those two teams. Um, then went to Ginger Mahal and Beer. And then after that, um, came T-Bar and Mace. And that's kind of when all hell broke loose. Um, T-Bar and Mace. Here, let me see here real quick. Um... T-Bar and Mace, um, sorry, I'm still, things are just all screwy over here, um, alright, let me stop playing with that, um, and then T-Bar and Mace lost, and I think, see, I don't, see, I don't, I don't remember the way things went down, um, because I'm talking to you on the phone that I had all my articles saved on. And... Right. Uh, um, well, I know they raised a lot of hell after the match. I mean, they were they were just bouncing the New Day all around. Yeah, but over, over isn't... There, I mean. 
didn't didn't another team didn't like Lucha House Party come down, and they beat the snot out of both teams. Uh, I see. I'm trying to remember. I I. Hey, you see what had happened was when they were when they were beaten up on um, the New Day. Yeah, Lucha House Party came down, and that's when Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce had to stop it and then resume it again. Because after oh, they be, that they Lucha just, House Party came down um, after after Mason T Bar lost. It was their turn next to come down. No, they, they came. They came down. They came down before Mason T Bar. They came down after Mahal. Yeah, they came down after Mahal and and Veer lost. Then came down Lucha House Party. Uh, see, I I don't know. This is all just fucking screwed up. I'm I'm just I don't know. I've got so much shit going on in. Uh, I'm just totally lost in my head right now. Okay, that's understandable. Um, yeah, but like I said, you know, I mean they. Right after they lost the match, they just went bananas, and they were just cleaning. They were just beating the hell out of New Day. And okay, so Mason T. Bar beat the snot out of New Day just before yeah. Mustafa Ali and Mansoor made their entrance, and then Mansoor tried to help fight off Mason T. Bar while Ali tried to tell him not to, and Mason T. Bar just destroyed all four men. That's what right. that's the four men that got destroyed. Yep, and then that's when Tony Deville and Adam Pierce came out and stopped the match and said it was gonna continue later on. Right. Right. Okay. So then after that, um it was then announced, you know, when they advertised it was gonna finish, you know, they they were gonna take which wound up being a two-hour break. Um, they were going to give those guys time to recover, but then Lashley and AJ Styles were officially announced to be in the turmoil match. Yep. Oh, excuse me. So when they came back out, um, Woods... And Kofi wanted beating Mansoor and Ali. And then after that, the next team down was Omos and AJ Styles. And Omos was just too much. The New Day got eliminated. And then we saw the last two tag teams of AJ Styles and Omos against MVP and Bobby Lashley. And the crowd quote-unquote, marked out big time when Omos came in and went face-to-face with Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah, that was something. And it was definitely power versus power. Um, you know, they they locked hands and, you know, were doing the surrender, whatever it is they call it. It's been years since I've done it, so I can't even remember what it's called. Um, but that 
test of strength, and then Lashley gave him a couple, you know, kicks. Um, yep. And then Lashley and MVP were able to pull out the victory after Lashley Spear and AJ Styles, um, and then yep. the pin on AJ Styles. I, I mean, overall, I thought this match was very good. Um, it was exciting. The run that the New Day went on in there made them still look strong so they can still be potentially in the tag team title um, contention. Um, I mean, the only poor showing, really, to me, was Jinder Mahal and Veer. Um, but right. overall, I gave this match an A minus. I I agree because I enjoyed every tag team match that they had for that tag team turmoil. I'm glad they had it first because it gave you some some energy to really continue watching Monday Night Raw. The New Day had a tremendous run. I thought they were going to run the table there for a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely gave the match. Um, an A minus as well. I mean, it was it was top notch action from beginning to end, and just seeing some of the expressions on Randy Orton and Riddle's faces sitting outside watching it, you know, that that was good too. Yes. Yeah, so I think I mean, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good uh, tag team match with uh, Randy Orton and Riddle versus Bobby Lashley and MVP. Yep, but the that... one thing I like was you could actually see how much taller Omos was than Bobby Lashley. Now, Bobby Lashley's got to be at least 6'4", 6'5". And Omos just towered over him and just picked him up and just slammed him down. And that was, that was just amazing when I saw that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Bobby Lashley's that tall. Really? You think he's 6'4", 6'5"? Yeah, he's got, I, I, think he's, I think he's at least 6'4". Oh. Okay. Because yeah. Randy Orton is six five, so you can see, you know, how they're almost eye to eye when they're when they're looking at each other. Right. So. Okay, on to the second match. And that was Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, go for it. Once again, I thought this was. A, a pretty decent match. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping that this is, you know, really going to be the last time we see these guys because I don't know what they're going to be doing with either one of them. You know, you can't keep having uh, uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus on a show on the card every. I mean, facing each other every week. Um, there was a couple of bad spots, a couple of good spots in the match. Uh, I was surprised that, you know, for some reason, McIntyre has been putting people over for the last couple of weeks. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of making him look a little weak when WWE has him, uh, has him putting, you know, Damian Priest over one week and then, you know, Sheamus this past Monday. But, um, you know, that's just this one reporter's opinion, but. I, I gave the match a C plus. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a quote off of an article. 
um, and this was their analysis. And it's, uh, he says, this match was, as Big E would say, two big meaty men slapping meat. Now, we, we agree on one part that we've seen Sheamus and McIntyre maybe one time too many. But just yeah. as in you're tired of seeing Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn, when you put the two in the ring together, in my opinion, you get gold. The way the two of them work so well in the ring, I could watch, I'd watch a McIntyre-Sheamus match over, I mean, 20 times before I want to see another Drew McIntyre-Jinder Mahal match. Before I see another Drew McIntyre-Bobby Lashley match. I mean, hell, before I see another John Cena-Randy Orton match. The two work so well together. I actually gave this match also an A-. minus. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will agree on, on the point that, you know, they, they do work well together. They do have a program together, and it, it works well. I mean, it's not so much that, oh, God, we're going to put these two together again and ho-hum, you know? I mean, you can, I can definitely get behind, you know, maybe, maybe I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but I think I can get behind one more match between the two of them. Okay. Oh. And, all right. Um, I, I look like such a cyber geek right now because I still have my tablet on my little table here. I'm talking on okay. one phone. Looking up the articles on my second phone, I'm sitting here recording on Anchor, and then my third phone is getting blown up because my sister keeps texting me. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Um, then after that, we had the tag team match, the contenders match, which I'm still very, very confused about. But it was Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley taking on Natalia and Tamina once again. Um... I mean, I know they faced uh, maybe at least two times before, maybe just once. But this was a, the best of the matches that I've seen between the two tag teams. It's really not yeah. saying that much when I don't think Natalia and Tamina put on good matches that often. Um, I gave it a C plus, um, and only because Rhea Ripley gave Natalia Riptide and then pinned her. Um, right. It wasn't. I mean, it's like, like I said before. I just I'm afraid that they're gonna, the audience is gonna like this Rip Ripley Nikki pairing so much that they turn it into the female version. Of RK Bro. Um, right. And maybe it'll be Nikki and Ripley ASH, almost superheroes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I gave it a C. Plus. Okay. Uh, when I saw this match, hey, Jacob, thanks for tuning in. Uh, when I saw this match, it was like, well, okay, Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. 
in my opinion, I think they're working well together as each match goes on that they get teamed up with when they're, they're teaming up together. Yep. But I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't Knox and Shotzi had like three victories over Natalia and Tamina? And where have they been? Well, I think they had two victories, and then there were a couple singles victories. Um, but they were named the number one contender when they beat them. And then Natalia and Tamina were on the following Monday Night Raw against Eva Marie and Dewstrop, and then Natalia had her ankle rolled on, and then she didn't wrestle for a month. And now they've totally bypassed Shotzi and Knox as yep. the next contenders. That's why I said I was I, I was I so confused about all this. Mm-hmm. Unless WWE is going to do that. Now, this is just my way of thinking. I mean, they have contenders matches. And I think whoever wins the contenders match, they're going to put all those winning teams together to have one tournament match to decide who goes against the tag team champion. Does that make sense? or No, because they're on different brands. Oh, yeah. The only That's ones right. that go to different brands are the champions. Yeah, because they have the contenders matches on SmackDown as well. Right, so unless yeah. you're going to do a triple threat at a pay-per-view, then right. I, don't, I don't know how they would pull that off. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah, but I gave the match a C. Okay. Um, then after that, we went to the... Um, a very, very short episode of Moist TV um, where John Morrison mentioned that he can't find The Miz um, and his guest was Karrion Cross, who basically told John Morrison that, you know, I mean, I could take on this guy, I can take on this guy, I can take on that guy, but instead I'm going to take on you. And John Morrison didn't know if he was serious or not, but then the next match we had was Karrion Cross and John Morrison. Trib, what'd you think? I thought I just thought that the match was 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 ridiculous. I mean, they're just putting they're just I I, I think they're making Karrion Cross look weak. And I mean, okay, yeah, he beat John Morrison. I it wasn't a long match. Um you know, he he was 50-50 with Jeff Hardy, lost to Jeff Hardy one time, beat Jeff Hardy one time. I mean, he he lost to, to Keith Lee, and Keith Lee was out for, like, what, almost a year before he even came back to wrestle a match? And Karrion Cross at that time was still NXT champion? And I don't know, but maybe it's me. I mean, you can agree with me if you want, but I, I, but I still think they're making the guy look really weak. And I... You know, the, the getup that he comes down in is, is stupid. Uh, I, I just think he needs a scarlet back behind, uh, next to him again and 
you know, because that's I, I think that's the key ingredient that's missing. So I give I, I had to give the match a C minus. Okay, um, I mean I didn't give the match. I mean give the match a C. Um, I mean I am a Karen Cross fan. I mean I will agree that the the mystique of him. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, good thing my door's closed because the fire alarm's going off right now and they just announced a red alert on the first floor. Um, they come running down and shut everybody's doors. But, eh, pulled you. Mine's already closed. Um, but anyways, I and I do believe that the mystique behind Karen Cross with the whole thing, the whole entrance, you know, the stage is dark, the smoke is coming out, you see the silhouette of him, Scarlet kind of dancing around him seductively, then going into the ring and mouthing the words to the song, and then Karen Cross comes out. I think that part of him is what's missing. But as far as him looking weak, John Morrison just last week took on Omos and lasted three times as long in the ring with Omos as he did with Karrion Cross, who, other than like two minutes of offense that John Morrison had, dominated the entire match. So I don't understand how that's making him look weak. That's where I will disagree. They just okay. should have done this from the beginning. He shouldn't have lost to Jeff Hardy. He shouldn't have lost to a returning Keith Lee. He should have had dominating victories from day one. Then maybe he yep. wouldn't look as weird to people as he does now. Right. Because not okay. everybody that watches Raw and or SmackDown follow NXT. Or they right. wouldn't only have 700,000 viewers for NXT they'd have the right. 1.8 to 2.2 million that you have for Raw and or SmackDown. Yep. So I think having him come in like that to people that don't follow NXT was just like, okay, I, I heard your name, but yeah, you just lost to Jeff Hardy. You, you know what right. I mean? And that's the only thing that I will agree with, but I don't think they're making him look weak with dominating. Um, I mean, yeah, don't, also don't forget, he whipped the shit out of Humberto Carrillo. I mean, he's one step away from taking out Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jeff Hardy is, uh, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. But when you look at the, the size comparisons, between both of them. I mean, you know, Jeff Hardy is like, what, six feet, buck 90? Something like that. And Terry and Cross is like six four, six oh, five, yeah, but Jeff, 90, 300 pounds. Jeff Hardy's taken on and beaten bigger people than Carrying Cross. So you can't use that. Yeah. You can't use that as, a, as an excuse. Okay. Well, in, my either, uh, in, in my opinion. In my opinion. Okay. All right, on to the and and folks, we're not doing this purposely. 
Uh, it's not, you know, the stupid shitty matches Trib's going first on and I'm going first on all the better matches. It's just luck of the draw. He's the one that yeah. told me to go first. So the next match was Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. I had made a declaration. I don't know if I said it. I think I may have said it on a show, but I know I definitely said it to you on the phone that I felt that Alexa Bliss was... Is that your computer? No, that was the phone. Oh, okay. Um... I lost her. Oh, that Alexa Bliss may get involved. Or Shayna Baszler. Well, I mean, kind of, sort of, both. Um, Shayna Baszler got involved during the match, kind of distracted Nia Jax a little bit, um, causing Charlotte Flair to be able to do um, natural selection off the top rope. That was the only way that she was able to get her down and then wound up, you know, pinning Nia Jax for the win. Then after that, Alexa Bliss showed up on the, on the screen inviting Charlotte to her, to Alexa's playground. Charlotte said no. You know, she's not going to go to her playground. And then the arena went dark and then the lights came back on and Alexa Bliss was in the ring. Charlotte asked her what she wanted, and she didn't say anything. She just kind of had a smile on her face, and then the smile went away, and she pointed at the belt. Now, all of a sudden, we have a match between the two of them booked for Extreme Rules. Um, Overall, with everything, um, the match I gave a C to, and then I'm going to give it overall a C plus. Because I really want to see where they can go with this Alexa Bliss Charlotte Flair feud. Yep. Uh, I with this match here, I I kind of figured. I mean, I, I noticed a smile on Shayna's face after Nia Jax lost, or like a little smirk or whatever. But <laughs> I I was kind of happy that Charlotte won. I mean. I'm a little disappointed at WWE for not doing, I mean, and this is where we're probably going to get in the debate again because we usually do uh, some topics like this. But I just can't see, I mean, I think they're wasting Nia Jax. I mean, look at the size of this woman. What What do you mean by wasting? I mean, what, what do you mean by wasting Nia Jax? I think she should be ripping through that entire division. You know, like like Shayna did in the Elimination Chamber. He just wiped out everybody. And I just don't think that they're utilizing Nia Jax properly. That's my opinion. So, um, are you still there, Greg? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that's my opinion. I gave the match a C. But I'm going to give it a, a little bit higher of a grade to a B minus because of Alexa Bliss. Okay. When she came out and she pointed to the title, she knows what she wants. She wants a match with Charlotte Flair. I think that's going to be a great match. And I just I think that by 
Alexa Bliss coming out and making her point known, to me, that gave, that, that made the grade a B. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, like I said, I gave it a little bit higher because of the whole Alexa Bliss interaction at the end. All right. Then, as I said, this is not my fault. The next match that Trib gets to talk about first was for the 24-7 champion, as it was Reggie taking on Akira Tozawa. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I mean, I'm speechless. I mean, first of all, Reggie's got more hands, in, got more moves in a Swiss watch. I was getting, I was getting seasick looking at him, bouncing all around the place like he's on a trampoline. Um, they have more guys to go against Reggie than Akira Tozawa and R-Truth. It seems like every time you've got somebody going after the 24-7 title, it's either Tozawa or R-Truth. I think Drew Gulak, who's a former 24-7 champion, I think Drew Gulak should make more runs at it. Um, I mean, it's open to anybody, like I said, and... It, is Reggie doing a good job as 24-7 champion by being, you know, on his toes all the time? Literally, pardon the pun. Um, but, yeah, I think he's doing a good job because he's, he's, keeping, he's keeping his eyes open and not getting caught, surprisingly, like most of the champions did. Um, but I just can't see them, you know... I just really can't take the 24-7 championship seriously. Uh, I, 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 I had to give the match a C-. Well, that was a very, very high grade. Um, I, I mean... what? I mean, the best part... The best part of the match was when, after it was all said and done, and he's bouncing around, and then R-Truth came in the ring, and he's bouncing around, and then you had a group of people, I mean, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, even... Even Jeff Hardy was there in the group of people, and that tells you how far Jeff Hardy has fallen. Um, and Reggie right. just jumped over everybody, and as he was leaving, Drake Maverick was standing there on the stage. That was the best part of that whole thing. I mean, and if that's the best part, is Drake Maverick standing ringside or at the top of the stage? I had to give it a D minus. I saw it's like Drake Maverick. Come on, yeah. They could have, they, they definitely, I mean, unless that was just this 15 seconds of fame. But, yeah, that, that kind of killed it right there when he came oh. out. So, once again, I, I kind of went through, kind of understand your, you know, good moments, bad moments, as every match I started off was a good moment, and every match you started off was a bad moment. Um, but, I mean, overall, I gave it a C plus. Yep. Overall, I I agree with Nug. I gave Monday Night Raw a C plus. Oh. Okay, so 
that's our recap of Monday Night Raw. Uh, right now, we're going to be doing our, hopefully, we'll be doing our favorite part of the show. I know it's my favorite part. It's Nuggies News. So, Greg, whatever you got, take it away. All right, Trev. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations to Gable Stevenson. Um, Steve Essen, sorry, there's no N in there. Um, he's the Olympic gold medalist who has decided to sign, an ex they're calling it an exclusive contract with WWE. I don't know what that means because I thought pretty much any contract with WWE is exclusive as in they don't allow you to wrestle in other companies. Um, but there's no terms of, of salary or anything like that. But he has signed um, an exclusive contract with WWE. Um, okay. I don't know how much you've been paying attention, but... AEW had a pretty good show this past Sunday with three, I'll say, quote-unquote, surprises. Um, one was in their women's battle royal. The surprise entrant into the battle royal was formerly known Ruby Wright, who now goes by the name Ruby Soho. That was something that was rumored and speculated. They also had formerly known as Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, show up, which was once again unofficial up until this Sunday that he was with AEW. And then the what I considered the biggest surprise was Adam Cole Bebe um, showing up in AEW. Well, could there be two other big names from WWE signing with AEW soon? Um, one is another rumor. Um, you listen to the quote-unquote experts. The deal is already written. The contract is already signed. But they just can't put the date on it until his 90 days officially over. And that would be one Wyndham Rotundo, formerly known as Bray Wyatt and or The Fiend. The last one is the one of the best friends of one said Adam Cole and the Young Bucks by the name of Kevin Steen, currently known as Kevin Owens. Um, his contract was originally expiring in 2023. It is now being reported that his contract got reworked and actually expires in January of 2022. And he's already released a couple cryptic tweets um, about leaving WWE. One was longitude latitude coordinates that work out to being Mount Rushmore, which is what the four of those wrestlers call themselves. And then the other was just a simple, huh? 
Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. And the other was a simple tweet saying, almost there. Could we be seeing the last four months of Kevin Owens in WWE? And because once again, if his contract runs out, he could show up at W, I mean, AEW the next day. So, I, I know people saying the landscape has changed with Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, and Ruby Soho, but could the landscape be changing even more if, you know, Wyndham Rotundo and Kevin Steen show up in an AEW ring? Right. Definitely. I believe definitely that will be a ma- another major shot in the arm for AEW. Yes, I definitely think so. Um, yep. I pulled up a, an article because um, we're all about big returns. And this article lists five WWE in-ring returns we could see in 2022. Okay. The first one they list, the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey could return in w, return to WWE. So on a scale of 1 to 10, um, how likely do you see that happening? And then also, how excited would you be to see that happen? How likely do I think it's going to happen? Uh, four. Okay. How, ex- how excited would I be? Seven. Really? Yeah. Okay, um, I would be about a four for likelihood. I mean, unless you're talking late 2022, I don't see it happening. Um, I could see a Royal Rumble appearance in 2023 leading to something at WrestleMania um, in L.A. Um, but as far as excited-wise, I'd say it too. I, I'm just... I'm more down on Ronda Rousey now returning than you were at one point in Brock Lesnar. It might change if she just magically showed up and wasn't expected like Brock. But as of right now, that's where I'd be at with that. Um, Next one they list. I didn't know where they pulled this one out from, but Devon Dudley. I would give that a one and a one. Okay. And they're basically basing this on of saying his quote was, I do plan on coming out of retirement now. I'm willing to get back in the ring and do it again. I didn't think I would, but I think I am. That's what they're basing his return on. Um, If it's going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen, WWE. I totally agree with you. It'd be a one um, as far as expecting him to come back. Um, as far as excitement-wise, if he's going to come back with his brother, maybe a three. But on his own, I'd say a negative one. Okay. A current WWE commentator could make his appear- reappearance in the ring by the name of Corey Graves. 
Okay. Um, for me, <laughs> the likelihood, I would probably say six or seven. I'll go six. My excitement level would probably be a one as well because I've never seen Corey Graves in the ring. Yeah, he I've was. Never seen him wrestle. Yeah, he was in NXT, um, and then he got handed a bad deal um, with injuries, and was kind of told you'll never wrestle again. But with, you know, yeah. Edge, Daniel Bryan, you know, Christian making comebacks, um, I guess there's a possibility. Um, I mean, I could see an angle with him if they ever went officially public on WWE television where Carmella gets involved with something and then he comes to quote-unquote save her. Um, So likelihood, I'm going to say a three. And then excitement level, I'm going to say about a one or two because once again, I've never seen him in the ring. Right. Um, another one is the former WWE Divas champion, Paige. Likelihood for me, I'd probably say a five. Excitement level for me, probably around a seven as well. Same with Ronda, same as Ronda. Okay. Um, likelihood for me, I'd say only seeing what's happened over the last couple years with Edge, Daniel Bryan, once again, Christian, um, getting back in the ring after suffering, and I'll say, quote unquote, career ending injuries. I'll, I'll let you go one higher with a six. And then I'd actually go on an excitement level, depending on the way they did it, as high as an eight. So, like, just one notch over each above you. All right. And then the last one, WWE Hall of Fame, the Bella Twins. Um, I would say... The likelihood, seven. The excitement level, five. Okay. Um, Likelihood in 2022, once again, I'd be looking at more of the Ronda Rousey thing. I I think that if they're going to get involved, they think they need to get into... Wrestling shape, and I just, I mean, yeah, Nikki got a little bit better towards the end, but Brie was never that good in the ring, and for her to have been out of the ring for as long as she has, um, now with two kids and, and Nikki having a child, if they showed up for the Royal Rumble in 2023, I'd be surprised. Um, so I'm going to say okay. likelihood of three, um, and an excitement level... I'm going to say it all depends on what shape they're in, because if they're in the same shape as they were when they left, it's a seven or eight, because I thought both of them were extremely hot. But if they're in their mom bods, I'm going to say a three. Okay. Um, And now to my, my little rant. 
and it, it does, and it's going to be something that's going to be talked about and talked about more often over the next, whoever knows, months, years. And it's AEW versus WWE. Um, I, I read an article today that, or yesterday, yesterday, sorry, um, criticizing WWE's viewership for this past Monday Night Raw being lower than last week's Monday Night Raw. Last week's Monday Night Raw was like 1.8 million. This was like 1.7 million. Um, and it was an article that was basically stating that, see, after AEW did what they did, their, you know, Monday Night Raw is already losing more viewers. I want to tell these people to STFU. Because one thing you've got to look at is Monday was what? It was Labor Day. And if you go back, and I went back to 2017, 18, and 19. I didn't count last year because of the pandemic. The average drop from a normal Monday Night Raw audience to a Monday holiday audience like Labor Day was between 5 and 6% lower. This week's Monday Night Raw was just under 4% lower. So if anything, more people watched than in the past. So, yeah, hold on. Yes? Oh, okay. I think somebody dropped them off for you. Yeah, my sister did. You want the door closed or open? Yeah, closed because I'm on a private phone call. All right. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Um, so, I mean, having competition isn't a bad thing. And it's only going to help both. But stop trying to make things up to cause an issue and cause a problem that's not there. I People like to compare WCW to AEW. Folks, it's not. It's not the same thing. Eight, right. uh, WCW was was a battle of Ted Turner versus Vince McMahon to see who had the bigger dick to wave around. Ted Turner knew nothing about wrestling. Yep. If you want to look at a fair comparison, in my opinion, you've got to look at TNA to AEW. TNA was started by Jeff Jarrett somebody that felt like he was wronged by the WWE and wanted to put them out of business, i.e. Cody Rhodes. Both started it up on their own and then got big money to buy in. Dixie Carter, Tony Khan. TNA then started to get some people, you know, they they established their brand with AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and then they started little by little bringing, you know, more popular guys in. And then they started to take in the use, quote unquote, useless WWE product. Right. And put themselves out of running. AEW started out. I mean, MJF, um, Darby Allen or Darby Down, whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> Darby Allen, and now they're 
bringing people from WWE that they weren't using in. When their young talent was the talent that got them on the map. So if you're looking at a comparison, look at TNA versus AEW. Not WCW. WCW was doomed to fail when it started because they had nobody in the organization behind the scenes that was wrestling related. Yep. So, once again, just maybe AEW can learn from some of the TNA mistakes, but it it looks an awful lot like the same thing to me. And that's yep. Nuggies News this week. All right. Once again, another excellent edition of Nuggies News. So, and especially, especially a rant. But to see, uh, what I'm thinking about is maybe when you were talking about, you know, let your young guys get where, get you where you are. I've, and now um, AEW is bringing in a lot of old school WWE. I think WWE, uh, AEW is looking at it as if to say, well, look how much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, look how much more productive these guys are in AEW than they were with you. But some of them you really can't judge it because like Aleister Black. Aleister Black was on the shelf for what? Seven, eight months? They didn't use him. Right. Paul, Paul White, I mean, yeah, he was, he's was. he been in the WWE a little over 20 years now. I mean, his, his time has passed. Right. Bruce. I think they're just going to showcase WWE in AEW to say to Vince, hey, look how much these guys are, look how much better these guys look now in this organization than they did with yours. Yeah, but a broken down toy, a broken down Toyota Corolla with four flat tires is going to look great when you put a fresh coat of paint on it. Right. It's going to look shiny and new, but then you realize what? Wait yeah. a minute, this fucker's got no tires and the engine's blown. That's why they got rid of it. Oh man. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. So, all right, so let's uh, do a little NXT discussion. Hopefully I can remember what went on for NXT. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you get to see all of NXT or no? I saw highlights of each match. Oh, okay. I did see the whole... Uh, um, Santos Escobar match. I saw that one. Okay. I saw the, uh, uh, what is the, um, Danny Birch, MSK match. I saw that one. Yeah, the, actually, the only I part of that, actually, I'll be honest, the only part of that match I saw was the ending with, uh, Oni Lorcan and Rich Holland beating the snot out of Lorcan and Birch. Yeah. So, yeah, which that kind of surprised me as well, Bob. Yeah, because it's like they're running out of heels on NXT. Yeah. 
I mean, Johnny Gargano now is kind of looking like a face going back to Johnny Wrestling. Um, I mean, if you take Birch and Lorcan, that's now another face tag team. Um, so, yeah, but it was... Uh... It, it, it was an okay. It was an okay show. NXT. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is going to be with this new logo and. Yeah, that we'll, know, we'll, we'll yeah we'll learn that next week. Yep. Now that Vince and Bruce Pritchard are supposedly taking over. Well, I mean, um, they're they're not. I mean, it, it's like, like Monday Night Raw and SmackDown have their creative teams that are headed by Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. So they still pitch the ideas. Um, a difference with NXT was it's Triple H and Shawn Michaels hearing the ideas. Well, now Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are going to have a say in those as well. So Triple H and or Shawn Michaels are still doing the the day-to-day, week-to-week operations of NXT, you know, writing the scripts. But now the approval is going to come from Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. So it's not like Vince McMahon is coming down there and saying, all right, now, Samoa Joe, you're going to lose your title to Jack Maverick, Jake Maverick, because I think that's best for business. You're not going to see stupid things like that. Right. Yep. Um, so what did you think of the uh, Ember Moon, Kaylee? I know you'd never seen Kaylee Ray um, wrestle before, but what did you think of that match? Honestly, I thought that I, I thought that was the match of the night. Yes, I 100% agree. That was just the most amazing. I mean, granted, um, they have a great... Um, they have a great, I think they still have a great women's division, but that had to be the greatest women's match I've seen on NXT in a long, long time. Okay. Oh. Yeah, and... and I gave that solid A. Yes. Solid A. I'll agree. Um, and that's, this is, I mean, not that I knew 100% that Kaylee Ray was coming to NXT, But if you remember, the first show we did after she lost her title, I told you, don't be shocked when she shows up in NXT. Because I I mean, I'd only seen a couple matches of her in NXT UK, um, but she was outstanding there. And Ember Ember Moon's still no slouch. I mean, she may have, you know, been quote unquote demoted. Um, but she can hold her own with anybody, whether it be on the main roster or in NXT. And the match the two of them pulled off was excellent. I totally agree with your grade of an A. Yes. Um, then they had this. I was impressed with Kaylee Ray. That was the first time I've ever seen her compete. And she's, she's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's good. She's good. Okay. Um, then after that was the Santos Escobar um, with Legado del Fatisma, or Fatasma, 
um, in their corner against Carmelo Hayes. Um, good match. Um, could have been, to me, an A-plus match. Um, there was just something... Uh, I think Carmelo Hayes is going to be the next outstanding um, NXT North American champion contender type. Um, I, I really see a good upside with him. But there was just something in this match. I don't I don't know what about it. Just couldn't allow me to give it an A minus, so I gave it a B plus. Okay. Yep. I um. I had I, I agree with you on the point that Carmelo Anthony and uh, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Hayes. Sorry. Carmelo Hayes is definitely the next breakout star, and I see him taking possibly the North American Championship. And I remember him. Like I said, I remember him here in the indie scene as Christian Casanova. And he was coming into his own then. And I really think he's going to make a lot of noise in NXT. I gave that match a B plus. Santos Escobar is also a, is also a good talent. Yes. And he made that. And that's, you know... It's like the Seamus Drew McIntyre thing. You put them together in programs a lot, you're still going to get better matches. Well, I see I see them uh, getting together again, and I gave the match a B plus. Okay. Um, then after that, there was a match that I I didn't even care to see and didn't watch. Um, the Creed Brothers, who are the newest part of Diamond Mind, I believe. Um, took on, it doesn't even say, it doesn't even say who they took on. It just said, versus local competitors. Yeah, they were horrible. Um, I didn't see, I didn't see any of this match at all, so. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let you know right now, you didn't miss anything. Both teams were horrible. I don't know where they found those other two guys from the diamond mine, you know. I understand that they're still green. Um, but maybe with a little seasoning, they might actually make some noise. And But I gave the match an F. Seriously. Oh, okay. It was, it, it was that bad, Greg. All right. Then there was, was a... one of those matches where, okay, we gave you a couple of good ones. We're going to give you a real suck-ass match now. Yeah. And yeah. And then after that, they had the women's tag titles, the NXT women tag titles. The champs, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, take on Casey Catanzaro um, and Caden Carter. Um, did you see this match? Yes. Okay, what'd you think? They... Um, Carter, they're, oh, they're just tremendous. They're a great team. I didn't see the ending, though. I'll, I'll admit, I didn't see the ending. Um, but it was it was a good match. Io Shirai and um, I never remember her name. Zoe Stark. 
Zoe Stark. I know it begins with a Z, but I can never remember it. Um, there, there's still a good tag team. I thought the match had, had a lot of highs, a lot of lows, not too many botches. I gave the match a B minus. Okay, yeah, I, I also gave it a B minus. Um, and mainly because I think the match could have gone a little longer. Um, to me, they should just not have done the Creed Brothers thing and given this match an extra three or four minutes. Um, but then the ending, when um, Case Catanzaro and, and um, Caden Carter were, were leaving and they were at the ramp kind of saluting the champs for winning, um, they got attacked by Gigi Dolan. Um, oh, what the hell's that other girl's name? Um, J.C. Jane and a masked Mandy Rose. Um, for no reason. I I don't. I think because they were the team that was taking on the champions, and they weren't. Um, but the the mask that Mandy Rose was wearing was almost identical to the one that Sheamus wears. But I know Sheamus really had an injury. I mean, he had a busted up nose and I mean, everything. It destroyed his face. So I don't, I know she got drop kicked in the face last week. But I mean, I thought that was stupid to have her have that mask on like that. Then after that, there was a very quick match with um, Mei Ying against Virginia Ferry. Um, Mei Ying's in-ring debut, um, and the match lasted about as long as it took for Mei Ying to walk to the ring. Um, it was a glorified <laughs> squash match. That I I mean I only watched because I really wanted to see what this Mei Ying was about, um, and I right. still don't know what this Mei Ying is about. So it accomplished nothing for me. I gave it a Diaz and Dog. Yes, um, I I agree. When I saw Mei Ying come out, it's like you know, okay, I, I've heard a little bit. I, I've heard a few snippets about her. You know, this, that, and the other thing, and. I just don't know. I just don't know what to make of her right now. Hopefully, they'll put her in a in a program where she can, you know, show what she's got if she's got any talent at all. I mean, it looks like she does. But I I just couldn't make heads or tails of this match or or who she was fighting or whatever. I I gave the match a D. Okay. And then once again we had that the uh, the tag team match MSK um, versus Birch and Lorkin. I once again the only part of this match that I saw um, was um, the ending, the beatdown. Um, I know MSK won and you know, held on to their titles, so I'm gonna have to rely on you a hundred percent for this one. Well, MSK. Once again, the class tag team. I believe not only in NXT, but I think they're probably the top three class tag team in the whole WWE. 
They're an amazing team. Tony Larkin and Danny Birch are a tremendous team as well. They're two tough son of a bitches. They're hard to beat. They're skilled. But this MSK has just got that added um, extra zing, I believe. Okay. And it was a match. The ending shocked me because I didn't expect uh, I didn't expect the beatdown, especially from the guys that were, you know, they're all standing in the locker room with each other together and being all nicey nice and chummy chummy and everything. And then after this, you know, they beat the hell out of them. But right. Like, but like you said, maybe they need another tag team. But I was impressed with MSK as I usually am. I'm always in, uh, I was impressed with only Morgan and Danny Birch because they are a, a tough tag team. I consider them probably as tough as Tampa and Toothless Timmy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I gave the match a solid B. Okay. And also during NXT this week, they announced um, a uh, Fatal 4-Way um, next week. Um to see who's going to be the next challenger for Samoa Joe. And um, I know it's Pete Dunne, Tommaso Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly. And do you know who the fourth is? No idea. Shit. I don't remember now. I don't remember. I don't know if it's Johnny Gargano. I, I... who the hell is the... I don't remember who the fourth one is now, and I already deleted the article. Damn it, you dummy. I think it's Johnny Gargano. But just those three guys alone are going to make a tremendous match. Yeah, but like I said, I know there's four. Oh. Uh... ba da who cares about that? Who cares about that? But yeah, so overall, um, I gave it a, you know, a, a B minus overall. Okay. I, I gave it, I gave it a C plus for the fact that they have those two weak matches. That's why I gave it the, the C plus. I mean, they had the the match, the, the glorified squash match we talked about with the ladies, right? And then um, the other one we talked about, uh, the Creed Brothers. Yeah, that one. Other than those two, I mean, putting those two matches in kind of. Gotta put it down for me, so I gave them. I gave the the show a C. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. The uh, the fourth competitor is L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. So it's okay. Kyle O'Reilly, L.A. Knight, Tommaso Ciampa, and Pete Dunne. Okay. Gotta get ready to get my Cowboys hat for a game pretty soon. Um. Yeah, and I'm about. Five minutes past when I'm supposed to be going to take my shower. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. So hopefully, you know, this like tomorrow night, 
Brock Lesnar will be appearing on um, SmackDown. SmackDown. I, huh? Yes, yeah, SmackDown. On SmackDown, yes. And I'm going to let everybody out there know trivia is going to mark out. Like, the minute I hear his music, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And it is uh, rumored that John Cena um, will be there. Um, it's also rumored that Sasha Banks will be making her, her return at MSG. And then unofficially, quote-unquote, officially confirmed by a not-so-reliable source, because I've never read news from this place, um, that The Undertaker will be making an appearance um, right. also. Um, I read a hypothetical saying that what if Brock Lesnar comes out and introduces his new advocate and it's The Undertaker? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, yeah, buddy. But, uh, all right, anything else you want to add, Greg? Um, no, not this week. All right, first of all, I just want to say, Greg, it was a great recovery after the start of the show, after the issues we had. Um, a great recovery. Yes, as we say, the show must Uh, go on. Yep, like I said, I want to apologize for the fans out there on Facebook Live. Um, I only got about half the show before my battery died. Oh, okay. We've been on talk show ever since, so that's good because there's never an issue with talk show. Right. So, I also want to get a couple things out. Um, this Sunday, Northeast Wrestling will be appearing at the North Haven Fair. Um, so, anybody out there definitely want to check it out. One of our favorites will be appearing on the card. Uh, Wrecking Ball Ligurski will be making an appearance at Northeast Wrestling, so... Anybody within the, within the earshot of this paper of this uh, podcast, go check it out. Uh, also, don't forget EWZ podcast with the Professor Rick Del Santo. You want to definitely check him out. So, uh, like I said, Friday night SmackDown tomorrow night. All those guys rumored to be there. Brock Lesnar definitely going to be there. I'm definitely looking forward to it to see how Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman are going to react. See what's going to happen. Um, well, let me put this one quick question to you. You had, you had gone on record on the show for weeks now saying, I'm not going to believe it until I see it with Daniel Bryan. Well, we saw it. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I hate it. Plain and simple. I, I mean, it, to me, it was like if Derek Jeter... Um, left the Yankees to go end his career um, as a Boston Red Sox. Okay. You know, it just, it did it, something that, um, you know, if, you know, if I want to see my favorite wrestler wrestle, it's now got to be for the competition. Right. And, I, and I, I've gone on record before saying I really don't think all these guys that have been signed to contract for AEW from WWE, I really don't think they're going to be using them all that much. 
I mean, you'll still see him on TV. You'll still see him on the pay-per-views. But I just don't see oh, them. Like, who CM Punk. Who? I don't see CM Punk being on AEW every week. Well, he's been, he's been on every AEW show, both shows, and on the pay-per-view since he arrived. I mean, if you're not, I mean, if you're saying you're only going to see him on TV and pay-per-views, well, who the fuck cares about house shows? That's not what brings in the most money. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, like I said, just just keep an eye on on the comparison to what happened with TNA. Like I said, AEW yeah. may be doing something a little different by learning from their mistake. But right now, to me, in my opinion, they're on a very, very similar path. All righty. <clears throat> we'll definitely be uh, paying attention to that. So, all righty then, Greg. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. When, once again, we apologize for the problem we had earlier. This is the Ushers Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, along with the Nugster Greg saying thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you all on Sunday.